Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your love and mercy. We thank you for gathering us again to listen to your word. Now, Lord, we ask that you breathe upon us your spirit, that your words may be made plain and clear to us. Open our hearts that we may hear, that we may understand, that our ears hear, and that our eyes behold wondrous things out of thy law. We thank you for answering our prayer, Lord, and we thank you for receiving your spirit also. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Maranatha, October 6, the day and hour of Christ's coming, announced. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. The voice of God is heard from heaven declaring the day and hour of Jesus' coming and delivering the everlasting covenant to his people. Like peals of loudest thunder, his words roll through the earth. He spoke one sentence and then paused, while the words were rolling through the earth. The Israel of God stood with their eyes fixed upward, listening to the words as they came from the mouth of Jehovah and rolled through the earth like peals of loudest thunder. It was awfully solemn. At the end of every sentence, the saints shouted, Glory! Hallelujah! The living saints, 144,000 in number, knew and understood the voice while the wicked thought it was thunder and an earthquake. The Israel of God stand listening with their eyes fixed upward. Their countenances are lighted up with his glory and shine as did the face of Moses when he came down from Sinai. The wicked cannot look upon them. And when the blessing is pronounced on those who have honored God by keeping his Sabbath holy, there is a mighty shout of victory. Then commenced the jubilee when the land should rest. A glorious light shone upon the saints. How beautiful they then looked. All marks of care and weariness were gone, and health and beauty were seen in every countenance. Their enemies, the hidden around them, fell like dead men. They could not endure the light that shone upon the delivered holy ones. This light and glory remained upon them until Jesus was seen in the clouds of heaven. And I saw a flaming cloud come where Jesus stood. Then Jesus took his place on the cloud which carried him to the east, where it first appeared to the saints on earth, a small black cloud which was the sign of the Son of Man. While the cloud was passing from the holiest to the east, which took a number of days, the synagogue of Satan worshipped at the saints' feet. Amen. 
the devotion is titled the day and hour of christ's coming announced and we are told there's a special group of people the 144,000, who would have the privilege of hearing the specific day and hour of christ's coming what makes these people special is what i want to really see how much i can say about it you know to the human eye on understanding the sabbath there's nothing special about the sabbath we can't seem to understand what is special why would god give this class of people the honor of knowing the day and hour of his coming now for me when i see like in genesis from genesis we are told that god was the first being that kept the sabbath and he rested on the seventh day from all his work blessed the seventh day and sanctified it so this is like god's trademark so when you when people have trademarks like let's say mtn or you have all these multinational companies shell and the rest of them it's something people f- take pride in maybe just wearing their uniforms you're not you're not working there maybe your uncle or brother or someone is working that place you just want to have a, a cap or a jersey or something that just identifies you with a well-known company so when people maybe sometimes you see people we, we call it name dropping you say ah, my brother works here my uncle works here in which case you're taking pride in that company or that name so here is god's identity he owns the sabbath in the fourth commandment it is said that the sabbath is the day the seventh day is the sabbath of the lord your god which means god owns it is god's uh, identity now this is it's not it's not something special to us it's only special to god but when god begins now to share his identity it's like someone who is sewing um let's say uniforms now for those let's say in the marriage thing you have you have clothes you're sewing for your friends everybody wants to identify with the bride or with the groom so here now god is distributing his identity and that's the sabbath to people and he says in ezekiel 20 verse 20 that and hallow my sabbaths and they shall be a sign between me and you that ye may know that i am the lord your god so god is sharing his uniform and say hey obane hey ck hey docas here hey jude hey hanatu or anybody just calling names john josiah calling names i have an identity i want to share with you is mine can you have it now accepting this brand or god's brand will depend on how you see god i think that's one of the problems we have how you see god but if god holds that awe or that uh, that glory that worthiness in our minds we would we would take it would be a thing of joy on our own part take that God's uh, that, that garments that God is offering us which is the Sabbath so now in in uh, in Isaiah 56 God will say 56 verses um, 5 he said even unto them will I give in my house within my walls a place and a name better than of sons and of daughters I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off but who who is he giving this? He said that verse four now gives us the subject or the people who are receiving this honor. 
For thus says the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbaths, and choose the things that please me, and take hold of my covenant. Then, Basis, he pronounces the blessing. Verse 7, he said, Even then will I bring to my holy mountain, and make them joyful in my house of prayer. This is the privilege God is giving to this special class of people for wearing his robe, his garment. You see, God is the one who designs the jersey or designs the garment. We are not the one. So we may not see it just like uh, by way of analogy. Those who, it's not the fans that decide the football jersey, not so. It's the, the companies or the teams that decide what the, clo- the color or whatever they want to fly. God is deciding that it's the Sabbath that is going to be his trademark. It's going to be his sign. Now, in these people now, he, he said that he will bring them to his holy mountain and make them joyful in his house. In Revelation 14, the Bible says, And I looked, verse 1, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion with him, and hundred forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And they sung as it were a new song before the throne, and before the four beasts, and elders and no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousands which were redeemed from the earth what makes this people special the sabbath they are they have accepted the sign and the seal of god so for for me at this initial point i, I want uh, us to understand that this thing is something is a sign or a seal that is special to god and for us we can accept it when we understand who god is to us when you when you love somebody you want to you want to see anything you can do to be relevant to that person anything you can do to show anything a person can ask you to do to prove that you really love or to show a sign that i'm within your range i i i appreciate you all i would like to be known you do it so here on this initial point from this devotion i want to really express the fact that doing keeping the sabbath is an honor from god to us for someone to share what he owns to you means he really values you to ask you to take this thing means the person appreciates you and values you and we need to reciprocate this honor that god has given to us by receiving this gift well in our minds and with joy without uh, any complaints so that's my point may god bless us okay the title of the devotion is the day and hour of christ coming announced the the bible passage that starts is starts the devotion makes it clear that nobody knows when christ is coming but just before he is coming he would announce it that as in probation is already over the seven plagues are already pouring it's clear that the world is already coming to an end but the from what we see here is going to take some time before from Christ's living of the most holy place down to the earth. It's not just going to be something immediate. Immediately, probation is over. Or the seventh plague, immediately it comes, then Christ will just appear. No. There's going to be some days between the seventh plague and the appearing of the Son of Man. And that's why the announcement is made. Not because, because at that time, it doesn't have any consequence. Nobody's going to change again. So when we read in the Bible that day of Christ coming, nobody knows it. It is it means nobody knows it before provision will end. But when provision ends, the seventh plague comes. It has no consequence anymore if anybody hears it, because nobody's going to change again. There's no repentance for anybody. 
So when it's announced, the saints will be waiting for it. As we read in the last paragraph of the devotion, even during that time of waiting, that is when the hidden, like it says, would worship. That's the synagogue of Satan worshipped at the saints' feet. Who are these saints? It is not those who have died since the days of Abel, no. It is the 144,000. They are the ones who the synagogue of Satan worship at their feet. And just to add here, like the Bible says in Revelation 7, verse 1 to 3, John said he heard the number of them that were sealed, and it was 144,000. I think that's a literal number. I think we should all strive, like the Spirit of Prophecy says, strive with all the power God has given us to be a part of this 144,000. What is the criteria? The reflection of the image of Jesus fully. Is it possible? Yes. How do we know? Jesus said it. Where did he say it? In the book of Matthew, Matthew 5. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. But he has also promised that he is able to cleanse us and to keep us from falling. Also in the book of Ephesians 5, there he said he's coming for a church that is without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. All we need to do is make ourselves available for Christ to cleanse us and to bring us up to his level. That's what we need to do. Just make yourself available for him to do that. Okay, the text for that was Matthew 5 verse 48. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. It's possible. Anyone who is listening should be filled with hope. Don't look at the commandments of God and feel that I, I, I cannot keep it. Yes, you cannot. But when the possibility has been made available for you, why then are you keep saying? Why then do you keep saying you cannot? If you cannot, it's because you won't. You don't want to. But if you want to, the power has been made available for you to do that. God has promised that He will work it in you. It is Him that works in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Only make yourself available. May that be our experience in Jesus' name. I want to read paragraph 5. The Israel of God stand listening with their eyes fixed upward. Their countenances are lighted up with His glory and shine as did the face of Moses when He came down from Sinai. The wicked cannot look upon them. And when the blessing is pronounced on those who have honored God by keeping His Sabbath holy, there is a mighty shout of victory. Now, the point first point i want to make is the blessing that is pronounced on those who have honored god by keeping his sabbath holy what is that blessing we read in Isaiah chapter 58 verse 13 and 14 if thou turn thy foot if thou have turned away thy foot from the sabbath from doing thy pleasure on my holy day and call the sabbath a delight the holy of the lord honorable and shall honor him and not doing thy own ways nor finding thy own pleasure nor speaking thy own words then shalt thou delight thyself. This is a blessing. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. And I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth. And feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. At that time this blessing will be poured upon God's people. And we are told also some elsewhere. I think we have read, seen this before in the Maranatha series. That we will not completely understand all experience what it means to ride on the high places of the earth and uh, be fed with the heritage of jacob our father until that time uh, at that time we shall 
experience this blessing to the fullest. So this is the blessing that is poured upon God's people. And God is promising that he will do so because his mouth has spoken it. Now that is the first point. I mean I want to inherit that blessing. I wish you too will. We prepare for that blessing. The second point I want to make is this. Maybe it's not it might not be as um, it might not be the only thing, but I'm thinking it's one factor. The Sabbath is the greatest evidence that we have faith in the word of God. These are the reasons that I'm giving for this proposition. First is that what is faith? We have heard before and we are hearing again today that faith is trusting implicitly in the word of God and trusting it to fulfill what it says as we comply with its conditions. That is faith. Now, faith cannot come without the word of God spoken. If there is no word of God, there can be no faith. Now, in the reading we see that the everlasting covenant is made with those who have kept the Sabbath holy. What is a covenant of God? We read in the Bible, Deuteronomy chapter Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 18 or thereabout. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 13. It tells us, And God declared unto you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, even ten commandments, and he wrote them upon two tables of stone. That is why the ark also was called the ark of the covenant because it was carrying the covenant of God, everlasting covenant because the law is eternal. That is the covenant of God. Now, the way God is the way the Bible describes this covenant, it is not really like something different from the words of God. It's still the word of God because Exodus 20 says verse 1, and God spake all these words saying the same thing in the reiteration in Deuteronomy chapter 5. So the word, the commandments of God are the words of God said or spoken. It is spoken to the sinner so that the sinner can find grace in Christ to fulfill it because it is the word of God. So the law of God, being the word of God, when we trust in the words of God, faith is a result. And great faith results when we have implicit and total trust upon God's word without having any shadow of doubt in it. That is great faith. So, what the, how does it concern the Sabbath? There is no other evidence that we have about the Sabbath except the word of God. From beginning to end of the Sabbath, there is no difference. The sun shines like the like, like all in other days, the rain falls, evening comes, it's the same 24-hour period. Well, there's, there's no difference at all, except that God said that he created the world in six days and rested on the seventh day. You were not there, I was not there. None of us were there. He has just permitted scientists to you know, discover that these things were really true. But then, apart from the scientists discovering them, there is no other reason for us to say so or to believe so, except that God said, you are going to keep this because I did this. And we believe in just for that. So that is one way in which the Sabbath is one great evidence that we have faith. And the greatest evidence that we have faith in God's word. It is by following implicitly what God has said on the issue on, on the basis that we don't even know anything about it, but because He has said it. And that way also in which we can know that this is what this is the greatest evidence of faith is that. In the Sabbath commandment is contained the commandment of all other, the other nine commandments. 
the way we speak, ordinarily we know that we're not supposed to joke, we're not supposed to jest, we're not supposed to do any speak any words at all that are of our own. We are we're going to only speak words that will edify, words that will exalt, even on ordinary days. Yet in the Sabbath commandment, we have that commandment there. We know we're not supposed to do our own ways. The Bible says we should do all things to please the Lord only. Yet the Sabbath commandment has that. The Bible says that we should do only the things that will delight the Lord. We should um, we should delight ourselves in the Lord. The Sabbath commandment has that commandment. Yet it is for this same reason that we have no other God before God. It is for this same reason that we honor our father and our mother because we delight in the Lord. That the Sabbath commandment has that. So it's like a summary of all other commandments. For without it, we are not going to. We are not. We cannot keep the other commandments. And without the other commandments, we cannot keep the Sabbath. So it is a great. That's the second reason why it is a great point of faith. It is the greatest evidence that we have faith in God. Another evidence again, or another truth again about it being the great evidence, greatest evidence that we have faith in Christ is the fact that Christ Himself says that He is the Lord of the Sabbath. And being the Lord of the Sabbath, the Sabbath is a sign, a, the sign of his power. He says, I am the Lord that sanctify you. If you keep my Sabbath, you will know that. We know that the, the will of the Lord also is that we should be sanctified. And without sanctification, we can never be part of the 144,000. We can never reflect this image fully. The one thing that he has brought out as a marker, as a standard, that it is going to show that we are really sanctified is the Sabbath. The Sabbath shows his power. It's, it's like an emblem, a memorial of his power to make us holy and to keep us from falling. So anybody who keeps the Sabbath because of the word of God is like saying, I acknowledge the power and deity of Christ. That one, he is the divine son of God who became man to die for me and he's my personal savior. So if you are keeping the Sabbath, you are really having faith in the savior. You're having faith in the in God who created heavens and earth and is able to recreate you anew. So these are evidences and, and there are so many other evidences that can show that indeed that when the word of God said that um, um, this is the faith that overcomes the world, even the, the, this is the video that overcomes the world, even our faith, it is the Sabbath especially it is looking at and this is why the, the devil hates it. So I'm saying all this so that we can be encouraged to see that in keeping the Sabbath, we are in unison with the God of heaven and earth. In keeping the Sabbath, we we have we are having the faith that we really overcome the world. As the word of God has said, it should be kept. In doing this, I know that the Lord will not fail to fulfill his, prom- his promised blessings upon those who shall keep the Sabbath and obtain the victory by that. And this is the reason why also it is the seal of God. May God help us to... You know, take this thing and think about it deeply. There are many more evidences. Let it be something that we, re- we always resonate in our minds. Let, it, let us not belittle the Sabbath. It is something that will mark the power of God for eternity. May God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Another point I want to make with respect to this devotion is that when you love somebody, you would want the slightest opportunity to do something to show that person that you love him or her. You would like to do anything that would be of help or of 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 use to that person. And I'm thinking about it with respect to God. God will say, if you love me, keep my commandments. This love which we'll have for God would is what we'll need to go through this whole experience of 
the last days, the 144,000 people. In Revelation 13, we are told what they are going to pass through because as God is saying, this is my seal, the beasts, the second beast from the from the land will be causing great and small, rich and poor, and all bond and free, that they should receive a mark on their forehead, and that no man should buy or sell, save them that have the mark of the beast. The the picture this paints for me is this. You know that is love or infatuation when it requires your life. You know, when 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 something is now requiring something beyond just words. You now evaluate yourself and say, am I really willing to do this for this person? But it is going to be love because before this time, the mind may have, must have taken time to evaluate the evidences of God's love towards us. So I would like us to really understand and take time to appreciate God's goodness towards us because the journey we are going into prior to this blessing now, which we are reading into this devotion, will require a strong foundation of love which would push us through, which would make it even a delight. Like uh, Peter and the apostles, the Bible said when they were flogged in the book of Acts, that they rejoiced. How can someone rejoice when he's being flogged or persecuted? It's because he's saying they are counted worthy to suffer what? These things. You're counted worthy to suffer. For what, what reason? I think from Peter's experience, it's because of the chances, the second chance that Jesus gave to him. The opportunity to still be a disciple, the forgiveness, the pardon, the victory over sin, the food, the water, the things we see around us that made, that made his heart and make our heart should make our hearts today to glow in love. I think we should spend time with our God, spend time to invest in this love, double our ex, uh, our blessings by this i mean count our blessings take time to reflect on god's goodness on, uh, towards us so that when things become tough along the line we can draw from it and say god has been good to me like joseph would say how can i do this great wickedness against my god it's because at that point when something against god was required from him he drew from experience see how far i have traveled See how much life has been to me. See how good God has been to me. Then on that foundation, he made his decision. So I'm imploring us, encouraging myself and encouraging everyone who's listening. Let us invest in the love that casted out all fears. We need it. And as we do this, God bless us in Jesus' name. Let us pray. We thank you, loving Father, for giving us this heartwarming message this evening. Thank you, Lord, for the provisions that has been made to honor those who love you. And we thank you that it comes at no cost to us, but it came at every cost to you. Father in heaven, we pray that your love will be shed abroad in our heart. We ask, Father, that you would help us to be awakened to understand how much you have done for us and what you have prepared for us to see it for what it is that this thing is cheap. I pray, Father, that you would grant us the spirit that you gave to Job, the spirit you gave to the Syrophoenician woman, that we may walk along with you and take hold of the promises that you have kept in store for us. May it not pass us by, Lord. Glorify your name in our lives by perfecting us, O Lord. In this sin-dark world, it is a difficult thing for one to live a holy life, but yet... 
We pray, Lord, that we will use our lives to glorify you by keeping your commandments. Help, O Lord, that your name will be glorified through us. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Thank you.